What up, son? It's the tale of the tapes. The fuck life. Saying. All right, tale of the tapes, season two, episode two. Today we have a tribe called Quest. So Tribe Called Quest qualified because two MCs from the group qualified and will be judged as individuals in this episode. Now, again, that doesn't mean that Tribe Called Quest albums don't count or anything like that. They're, that's all included. Just the scores, one score is given to one guy and one score is given to another guy. So they, there was enough separation there. They did have solo album stuff like that. So they will be scored as individuals. And I just made myself a milkshake, so that's always glorious as well. <laughs> and it's a vanilla one, just for the record. Full-blown glory. So Tribe Called Quest, whose debut album was in 1990. Uh, their members were Fife Dog, Ali Shaheed Muhammad, who's a producer, DJ, Jerobi White, and Q-Tip. Origins, New York City, United States. Genres are listed as hip-hop, alternative hip-hop, jazz, rap, and East Coast hip-hop. And their years active are listed as 1985 to 1998, then 2006 to 2013, and then 2015 to 2017, which we'll touch on a little bit more in the genre category, and we'll touch on a little bit more on the years active as we go forward. So... A little bit of background on Tribe Called Quest as a group here. Tribe Called Quest was an American hip-hop group formed in St. Albans, Queens, New York in 1985. Originally composed of rapper and main producer Q-Tip, rapper Fife Dog, DJ and co-producer Ali Shaheed Muhammad, and rapper Jerobi White. The group is regarded as a pioneer of alternative hip-hop music. In 1991, the group released its jazz-influenced second album, The Low End Theory, regarded for helping shape alternative hip-hop in the 1990s. In 1998, the group broke up shortly before releasing its fifth album, The Love Movement, but in 2006, the group's original members reunited and toured, and toured the United States. In 2016, the group released its sixth and final album, We Got It From Here, Thank You For Your Service, which was still incomplete when Fife Dog died suddenly in March of 2016 and was completed by the other members after his death. A Tribe Called Quest was the most commercially successful act in the Native Tongues Collective, with all six of its albums certified gold or platinum. John Bush of All Music called them the most intelligent artistic rap group during the 1990s. The source gave the group's debut album People's Instinctive Travels and the Paths of Rhythm, released in 1990, a perfect rating of five mics, marking the first time that the magazine awarded that rating. In 2005, A Tribe Called Quest received the Founders Award at the Billboard R&B Hip Hop Awards, and two years later, the group was honored at the 4th VH1 Hip Hop Honors. In 2017, the group was awarded the Brit Award for International Group. Now, I have a little side note that 
I want to add in here. Sometimes I, I deem these to be worthy to add, and this just happens to be one of them. This is just one thing that I came upon purely out of my own curiosity, really. Um, I wanted to know why they were called a tribe called Quest, because this is some of the points that I try to make when I explain to people that I'm covering artists and stuff like that. Yes, I'm listening to pretty much every one of their songs and verses they've ever laid down, but... I'm also reading up on these people. I'm also watching a lot of interviews with these people so I can see why they're doing and saying the things that they're saying and stuff like that. I read very deeply into these people, into their music, into the things that they say and do and portray and all that type of stuff. So when I was doing these guys, I, I, I understood that there had to be some sort of backstory to why this group was called this. I knew that not saying that it had a, a deeper meaning necessarily, but I, I just knew the way that these guys turned things into art, and I, I knew that there was probably some sort of story as to why they were called the Tribe Called Quest. And from what I gathered and understand is that originally the group was just called Quest. And after meeting the Jungle Brothers, who we covered, Africa Baby Bam heard Q-Tip introduce himself on a demo track as being Q-Tip from a group called quest and africa baby bam told him to say that he was from a tribe called quest rather than a group called quest and that name stuck um tribe and jungle brothers were both part of the native tongues collective as you know we just spoke about a little bit earlier when we we read uh tribe called quest background so i just thought that was a cool little side note to add in there um now let's get on to covering Q-Tip as a, as an MC here. Q-Tip's debut solo album was in 1999. Birth name is Jonathan William Davis, also known as The Abstract, Tip, The Lone Ranger, and The Last Zulu. Born April 10th, 1970 in New York City, New York, United States. Genres listed as hip-hop, years active listed as 1985 to present. Little bit of background on Q-Tip. Born Jonathan William Davis, April 10th, 1970, better known by his stage name, Q-Tip is an American rapper, record producer, singer, actor, and DJ. Nicknamed The Abstract, he is noted for his innovative jazz-influenced style of hip-hop production and his philosophical, esoteric, and introspective lyrical themes. He embarked on his music career in the late 1980s as an MC and main producer of the influential alternative hip-hop group A Tribe Called Quest. In the mid-1990s, he co-founded the production team The Uma, followed by the release of his gold-certified solo debut Amplified in 1999. In the 2000s, he released the Grammy Award-nominated album The Renaissance and the experimental album Kamal the Abstract. As an actor, Q-Tip has appeared in various films such as Poetic Justice, She Hate Me, and Prison Song, the latter of which he co-wrote and played the lead role. As a DJ, he has hosted the Beats 1 radio show Abstract Radio since 2015. In 2016, Q-Tip was named the Artist Director for Hip Hop Culture at the Kennedy Center, and in 2018, he became the instructor of a jazz and hip hop course at New York's University Clive Davis Institute of Recorded Music. Q-Tip is one of the most acclaimed figures in hip hop. 
John Bush of All Music called him the best rapper slash producer in hip hop history, while About.com placed him number 17 on their list of the top 25 hip hop producers, as well as placing him number 38 on their list of the top 50 greatest rappers of all time. In 2012, The Source ranked him number 20 on their list of top 50 lyricists of all time. So, that's another one of those backgrounds right there where I think it's accurate in portraying the type of person that we're covering here and the type of artist that we're covering here. I think artist is really a great word for Q-Tip, to be quite honest, because as you can see, this guy obviously is just one of those people that you know, I wouldn't be surprised if Q-Tip is a great painter or a great drawer. Um, you know, just things like that. He just seems like one of those people. I, I know he's capable of playing a couple of instruments from what I understand. Um, you know, raps, produces hip-hop beats. Great sampling abilities with, with the jazz and the alternative. And, you know, kind of almost, I don't want to say creating a new genre, but really, really being one of the pioneers for it and stuff like that. And I, I deemed it important to leave all that other stuff in there. Um, you know, it's one of those things where when we covered Will Smith, did we get really into his acting career? No, we didn't because that really normally probably won't have much of an effect on this except for maybe some instances where he had like a, you know, songs on soundtracks and things like that. But it should be noted when people like this do things like this, when you have somebody that's making beats, somebody that DJs, somebody that can dance, somebody that can draw, somebody that can paint, somebody that can rap, somebody that can sing, somebody that can play instruments. These are just things that need to be talked about, especially when you're covering an artist in, in a study like this not just you know this is about hip-hop for sure but who we're covering right now is you know the artist q-tip and i just want to point out that he obviously is a tremendous artist especially when it comes to music so let's get into a little bit about what i wrote down when i was listening to q-tip although i remember having at least one tribe called quest album growing up i can't really say i was ever a huge tribe or q-tip fan not to say that I disliked them, but they were always presented to me a bit overrated in my opinion. I feel like this study reaffirmed that a bit. While he did show some strong abilities to rhyme more than one word per bar and have more than one syllable on some rhymes, he had a lot of random, simple rhymes that were weird or confusing and he did take a lot of shortcuts. He got better as time went on and also showed the ability to use a lot of different rhyme schemes, rhythms, and flows, and even had the occasional dope line, finishing him average lyrically overall. He qualified eight hip-hop albums, six with The Tribe, and two solo. All eight were good albums. Of his 113 hip-hop songs, none were great, but 20 were good and three were weak. While he didn't have the biggest commercial success ever, it was certainly there. A Tribe Called Quest gets heavy love in the underground, and Q-Tip is a well-known name who influenced artists such as the Fugees, Jay-Z, and others. One thing that certainly cannot be overlooked when talking about Q-Tip was his originality. Both with Tribe and Solo, he was super original in every way from his image to his sound to his song topics and message, etc. So getting into the math of all that, lyrics he gets a 5. Albums, he gets a 3.88 with zero classics. Songs, he gets a minus 0.26. Impact, he gets a 6. 
and originality, he gets a nine. Now, I want to touch on a couple of those things because I have a feeling that I'm going to get reamed for some of this stuff, to be quite honest with you. And it, this is this is kind of one of the ones that does irk me a little bit because I spoke about early in my breakdown about how I never was really like a huge Tribe fan and I thought they were a bit overrated. Now, I'm the type of person where if somebody comes to me and they keep telling me how awesome somebody is and then I finally go listen to them and they're not awesome, it leaves a little bit of a sour taste in my mouth because it's like, why do so many people keep telling me that this guy is so awesome and then he's not? So it, it, I get a little bit of resentment towards the person in the fashion that I feel like they're overrated. Now, that didn't factor into my scoring at all. I scored him honestly and I, and I judged him honestly. But the thing with me was it was weird because I personally like Tribe Called Quest sound. I'm a fan of jazz music. I'm a fan of hip hop music and I'm a fan of alternative music. So I love Tribe Called Quest sound and I would listen to a Tribe Called Quest. But the amount of times that they come so highly spoken to me and, you know, when I was listening to them when I was younger, I wasn't paying attention to what these guys were really doing as artists with the things that we touched on here with the, you know, maybe being good at painting or DJing or making beats and stuff like that. I was just listening to them and people were telling me they're so dope, they're so dope. And I'm like... You know, I'm listening to the words and I'm like, they're all right, you know, like, and it kind of just made me not have as much love for them as I probably normally would have, but love or no love aside, you know, technically that's, that's the way I listened to them and the way that I scored them. And I do think that what I noticed in doing this is, is that it was my mistake for, kind of looking at it the wrong way and not looking into it. But then again, you know, we're talking about mid-90s here. I'm probably 12 years old or so at this time. So, honest mistake. But what I think it was is that when it when it comes to just technically, lyrically, you got a little bit of like everything from Q-Tip where you had these cool rhythms and patterns and stuff like that and rhyme schemes and then you had these lines where it was like, that's just not a good line and stuff like that. And you know, my, my younger self was really just seeing these, that's not really a great line and not understanding why people are telling me this guy is so awesome and Tribe Called Quest is so dope and stuff like that. But what I'm noticing here is that what he may have lacked in being extraordinary lyrically, he made up for in the other aspects of music. I mean, there are so many things that this guy can do that neither me nor your average person and then to to take that one step further most people that are very successful in hip-hop can't even do so he's obviously one of a kind uh you know the originality is there for sure the artistry is there for sure but you know lyrically technically speaking he really was just about average that that five scores deserved and the same thing with the classic albums it sounds weird you have a Tribe Called Quest was the first people ever to put out an album that received a five mic rating. And then you hear me say they had zero classics and it doesn't seem to make sense. But you have to understand that at the time, you know, maybe it was so much different and stuff like that, that it was given a score based on something like that. 
I'm not there in that moment for that nostalgia and I can't and won't include nostalgia and things like that in any of this. And I think that that's part of what's important about this thing is that I'm not going to have any of that. You know, I, I'm already up to and past guys listening to that, that I grew up listening to. And there's some stuff that I used to love that I got up to in my study and I'm saying, wow, this is horrible. I don't know how I listen to this. And there's other stuff that is really, really good. But there's no nostalgia or any preferences or anything involved in any of this scoring. It's just technically. So technically speaking, as far as the math is concerned in this study, they didn't have any classic albums. The song score minus 0.26. There really wasn't any songs that were just great songs, man. Like, I mean, they had, they definitely had a, a lot of good songs, but... They never really were able to hit home on great songs like that. And there were just a couple of songs that were just lacking in, in whatever area it was, whether it was lyrically or um, a, maybe a missed opportunity for, for certain things. Or I, you know, I don't remember off the top of my head, but you know, not, not a big loss there. Minus 0.26. So a quarter of a point, I mean that, you know, that hardly affects the score, but Still, I, I know the scores probably look a little harsh, but when you break them down, I think they're all warranted. The six, he, he's got to get an above average impact score just based on some of the things that we said, you know, in the background and stuff like that, but really not a lot of direct artist influence. Now, that's not to say that he didn't influence a lot of artists because when you're one of the pioneers of a subgenre, then obviously anybody that follows that subgenre after that would have been influenced by you in, you know, some way, shape, or form, or one way or another, or whatever. But at the same time, like I said, it was a little bit of, of both with Q-Tip. It was like this commercial success with all the albums being either gold or platinum, but no like record set or anything crazy. And then, you know, but a lot of love from the underground and stuff like that. And then it's like, you know, average lyrically, but really, really dope artistically and musically and stuff like that. So I felt like they were kind of on both ends of the spectrum there. And, you know, that's that's the numbers that it comes out to. And that's the score that you got. The originality, again, a nine. That's fully, fully deserved for Q-Tip. Very, very, very original and artistic MC here. So you add all those five numbers up. You divide by five, and that gives you a final rating of 4.72, which leaves Q-Tip tied for 31st of 126 artists done. So, shout out to Q-Tip, man. I, I can't tell you that, for me, this is something that I particularly love, where it doesn't even have to be technically great for me to enjoy it. That's not to say that it was bad or anything like that. But when somebody is just so artistic like that and so talented where they're, they're playing instruments and they're DJing and they're making beats and they're rapping and they're singing and they're just doing all these things, for me personally, it's just a pleasure to listen to stuff like that. So I definitely take my hat off to Q-Tip. Much respect. Tremendous artist there. Now, getting into Fife Dog, the other member who qualified of A Tribe Called Quest... His debut solo album wasn't actually until 2000. His birth name is Malik Isaac Taylor, also known as, brace yourself, Fife, Fife Dog, The Pfeiffer, Fife Diggy. 
the five foot assassin, the five footer, Malik, the five foot freak, the funky diabetic, Dynamut, Muddy Ranks, the Trini Gladiator, Don Juice, and Dr. Pepper. So, obviously, Fife Dog rolling with a lot of aliases right there, but entertaining to say the least. Born November 20th, 1970 in St. Albans, Queens, New York, United States, and died March 22nd in 2016. He was 45 years old, so rest in peace to Fife Dog, man. One of the few artists that we've covered up to this point that have passed away. His genres listed as hip-hop. Years active are 1985 to 2016. So a bit of a background on Fife Dog. Malik Isaac Taylor, November 20th, 1970 to March 22nd, 2016, known professionally as Fife Dog or simply Fife, was an American rapper and a member of the group A Tribe Called Quest with Q-Tip and Ali Shaheed Muhammad and for a short time, Jerobi White. He was also known as the Five Foot Assassin and the Five Footer because he stood at five feet, three inches tall. So... I also think it's relatively important here, especially when I give my, my final numbers, to see that there is a difference here in what's written down for Q-Tip and what's written down for Fife Dog. Now, I'm not trying to, you know, play Fife Dog out or punk Fife Dog or nothing like that, but I do just want to point out that there's, a, there's just a lot more to be said about Q-Tip in general. And we'll touch on a little bit more of that when we get into what I wrote. So let's let's get to that right now. Fife Dog wasn't far off from Q-Tip in any category. His bars didn't always have anything to do with each other, but he did show a good ability to keep a topic throughout. He definitely had some decent lines, but also had some weak and random ones as well, finishing him just below average lyrically. Fife qualified six hip-hop albums for scoring, five with a tribe called Quest, and one solo. Of those six, five were good and one was average. Out of his total 67 songs, none were great, but he did have nine good ones and only one weak one. Although the tribe as a whole was bigger than Fife Dog himself, he was still 50% of that group and he also had influences on the Fugees, Jay-Z, and some others as well. A Tribe Called Quest was very original with their song topics and overall general sound, and although Fife may not have been as standout as Q-Tip, he was certainly a unique artist. So getting into the math of what I wrote, lyrics, he gets a four and a half, which is just below Q-Tip. Like I said, man, honestly, these guys, they were, they were neck and neck with everything. There wasn't anything that one did much better than the other. Um, there, there was separation for them. But never was the separation far in any category. Albums, he gets a 3.74 with zero classics. Songs, he gets a minus 0.15. Now, the reason that he gets a minus 0.15 and, and Q-Tip gets a minus 0.26 could be a number of different reasons. It could have been a tribe song that maybe uh, Fife wasn't on. That wound up being a weaker song. It could have been one of Q-Tip's solo songs or something like that. So, again, there was room for separation. But any any separation in here between these two was very, very minimal. Impact, he gets a 5, which is just one point below Q-Tip's at 6. And, you know, that has to do with a couple of things. That has to do with, you know, just the name itself. I mean, Fife Dog is not really a household name. 
A Tribe Called Quest is probably more well-known than Fife Dog, and Q-Tip is more well-known than a, a Tribe Called Quest. I think, you know, just globally and and generally and stuff like that, I think you would probably have more people who know who Q-Tip is. And that goes back to what we said about him. He's in movies. He's He does this. He's a DJ. He does that. All that type of stuff. So, you know, a little bit of a lower score for Fife Dog there. Not really involved in as many things as Q-Tip was. Um, you know, not on as many songs as Q-Tip was. Didn't have as many solo albums as Q-Tip had. Not quite the household name Q-Tip had. Things like that. So, all those things paired up. I think, you know, he, he falls behind a point in impact behind Q-Tip. And then originality, he gets an 8.5. Like I said, Q-Tip got the 9. Fife gets an 8.5. They were both very original. Both tremendous artists for sure. I thought that, again, Q-Tip just did a little bit to edge him out in that court category with the, you know, the playing the instruments and just, you know, the number of things that he did. But again, both very original artists there. So you add all those five up. You divide by five and you get a final rating of 4.32, which leaves Fife Dog in 63rd place of 126 artists done overall. So this goes to show you, man, you know, you have Fife Dog behind Q-Tip by a half a point lyrically. He's behind Q-Tip by like a point one in albums and he makes that up in songs. So, he, you know impact he's behind by a point and originality he's behind by a half a point but then it adds up to a difference of 0.4 which really doesn't seem that dramatic but when you look at the amount of numbers that you're working with you're working with three numbers you're changing a middle number by four so it really is a decent amount that 0.4 winds up having Fife Dog finish 31 slots behind Q-Tip so very, very close in every fashion, these two guys. But Q-Tip manages to get a ways more up there. So, but shout-outs to both of these guys, man. I, I really just enjoyed their sound. I enjoyed listening to them. Um, I definitely enjoyed them more as an adult than I than I did as a kid. You know, as a kid, I was fucking crazy and hyper and wilding out and stuff like that. And, you know, I enjoy the more laid-back music and stuff like that. And... Like I said, more importantly, on top of everything else, I just enjoy originality and creativity and things like that. So when I'm hearing a sound that I haven't heard before, I'm going to probably enjoy that. Unless it's, you know, I can't take like metal screaming and things like that. So that's just personal preference. That's just not my thing. But uh, like I said, I do like jazz. I do like alternative. I do like hip hop. So it was a nice blend for me. Now, let's get into our list that we do every week. We're going to do a top 15%, like I said, for the rest of the 90s. And this list is going to stay the same today. We did have two artists that we finished today, but neither of those guys cracked the top 15%. So we'll run over this list one more time. It's going to stay the same. Now, top spot, KRS-One, who's in sixth place of 126 artists done. Behind him, we have Slick Rick, who's in eighth place of 126 artists done. Directly behind him in ninth place, we have Rakim. Behind him, we have Rev Run of Run DMC, who's in 12th place of 126 artists done. Directly behind him in 13th is LL Cool J. Directly behind him in 14th is Everlast. Behind him is Will Smith, who's in 16th place of 126 artists done. And then 
tied for 19th, we have DMC of Run DMC and Ice Cube. And then behind him, we have DMC of Run DMC and Ice Cube tied for 19th place of 126 artists done. So listen again, man, like I said, shout out to everybody that's in that top 15%. Still hanging on to a spot in the middle of the golden era of hip hop. I know that we're kind of moving along quickly here. It seems to really be rolling for whatever reason. Um, you know, like I said, it's it's a lot of work and it is time consuming, but it does seem to be rolling. I mean, we're really getting into like the thick of things now. We're starting to get into, you know, this 90s and we're really in the middle of the golden era of hip hop. And we still have guys like, you know, KRS-One, Slick Rick, Rakim, Rev Run. All these guys are still hanging on to top spots here. So... I'm impressed seeing that, and uh, we'll see how long they can hang on to those spots for. Let's get into our current top 10% lyrically. This will stay at top 6 today, and this list also doesn't change. So, tied for number 1 in your top spot lyrically, we have KRS-One and Lord Finesse, both with lyrical scores of 7. Behind them, we have a four-way tie for third place with Will Smith, Rakim, Cool G Rap, and Everlast all getting six and a halfs. Listen, man, big shout out to everybody in that top 10% lyrically. You guys probably know that I deem lyrics to be important, so I'm always intrigued by this top 10% lyrically. That's kind of just something that I came up with like, hey, let's just do this, you know, because I'm interested to see everybody's perspective well, i deem this more important okay you deem that more important good here's the best guys in that category well what about this guy has 10 multi-platinum albums okay here's the best the highest ranked impact and stuff like that so i think it's cool to see that but my you know my thing is lyrics so i really like to see who's finishing at the top of that lyrical list so like i said last week in the intro to the 90s man as we go along we're gonna start to include like other lists you know top five from the 80s top five from the 90s and stuff like that so as we get a couple of weeks in here to the 90s i'll start doing those like once we get past like 10 90s artists covered i'll start doing the the top five from the 80s top five from the 90s and stuff like that and we'll just keep adding more you know lists as we start getting more things and uh i think it'll be cool if you'd like to see any of these lists in full, you can go give the Facebook website a visit at www.facebook.com slash tale of the tapes podcast. And you can also give the host site a visit at www.anchor.fm slash tale of the tapes. Both of those links are spelt normal. On the host site, you will see a donate button. Do us all a favor and hit it. It's just a great thing to do. You hit the button. It gives me money. It makes you feel good because you did something nice for somebody. It's the greatest thing ever. Just hit the button. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and, uh, yeah. You know, after you hit the button, that's it, man. The episode's over. So, that's season two, episode two. Next week, we got Lin Q and K Solo. Some of you may know these names and some of you may not, but... There are some very interesting things about both of them. So I, I think next week should be a good one. That's it for this episode, man. Tell of the tapes. Peace. Tell of the tapes. Might as well. <laughs>